All right, <laughs> we can get started. Welcome back to another episode of The Human Condition. Waleed, thanks a lot for, for joining us in a, in a bit of an unusual setting today. Beautiful setting. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for making the time this morning. And uh, I really, I'm really excited to, to dive deeper uh, with you around this topic. Uh, to start with, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Let's start with a breath first. So yes. Yes. Two, three <laughs> breaths, just to self-center, to connect. Okay. You always do that in any practice. So through the nose, out through the mouth, very slowly. Feel good already. Feel calm. Feel just, just yeah. Few breaths. Hundred percent. There you go. And it's amazing how effective and super quick it it, yeah. it changes your mood, right? Just like that. I tend to amazing. tell people, you know, they have these watches that tell them their stress levels, their <laughs> heartbeats, and they just come back to the breath. Amazing. Uh, Waleed, thanks a lot for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Waleed Abunaga, and uh, I was born and raised in Washington D.C. And at ten, moved back to Egypt where my parents are from. I grew up there and I feel like, you know, having the best of both worlds, a little bit of the East and West. And uh, I always tend to share my sports stories because I feel like sports has been an integral part of my life. And growing up, I played every sport. I think I excelled and I was really good at swimming and running and baseball and football and all that. Nice. But I focused on two sports, uh, judo and track and field. And, you know, I really excelled and I think martial arts taught me so much how to be confident, how to be, you know, disciplined from the practice to everything that they teach you, using your opponent's energy against them. Mm. So just from a young age, I, I really believe martial arts is important. And that's why I'm, I'm trying to get my daughters into it as nice. well. Nice. And then I ran track. I was a runner. Nice. I ran the 400 meter and the 800 meter. They called it the man killer, the 400 meter. So, you know, you really, you got to run. Yeah. But I didn't know anything about the breath then, mm -hmm. you know, how important it was for recovery, for running faster, for really, you know, you, you, is it nose breathing? Is it mouth breathing? There are courses today on breathing, like, you know, specific sports courses, how to breathe while running and so on. Nice. But um, they nicknamed me as I grew up, Walid Abu Nafas. Abu Nafas okay. means father of the breath. And like this guy never ran out of breath. And then it was, it was an honor because I would really last the whole judo match or while running. But I, I didn't know like my destiny would one day be setting up nafas journeys, you know, breath and so on. And uh, yeah, I look back in life and, and, and sports shaped who I am from a physical, mental, emotional perspective. I moved back to the States. I studied business. Uh, and after graduating, I lived in Saudi for years. Mm -hmm. I moved to Dubai. And that's been the journey of just going around. And then people tend to ask well, tell me more about Walid and who are you? And I said, well, that's my background. Yeah. But who I am now is somebody different. I, I, I feel like I'm an adventurer. I want to explore my whole life. That's what I wanted to be. And that's what I wanted to do. All that passion, seeing a new country and meeting new people. And today um, I'm proud and happy to share all these experiences with others. Not only adventure, but healing of and learning awakening well, yeah. and all that. So, yeah. yeah. Dude, it's, 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 a, it's a pleasure and it's a pleasure to see... And it's, it, I'm really interested to dive a little bit deeper as well in this metamorphosis journey almost, right? Like um, a lot of people get stuck on the idea of who they are and they find it difficult to, to change and to accept change. Um, I've gone through something similar and hearing about your story of, of running an agency 
How big was it when you were running the agency here? I mean, we grew it. It was it was a field marketing agency. I also okay. had a digital media agency. So we had large numbers in terms of employees because in 14 different countries, the clients would come to us. They would need promoters, yeah. trainers, and salespeople, and yeah. you know, media branding. And we had so many human resources. So we had 1,400 people wow. at one stage. And when it grew, it's, it's, it's manpower. So you really have to be organized, have a great team, you know, supervisors, directors, and so on. Mm-hmm. And it comes with a lot of um, drama, a lot of stress, a lot of sure. issues, you know, and not just, just small issues, like of kind course. of big issues. And Imagine issue. humans. Like yeah. I, feel, I feel the biggest challenge of my job in the corporate, uh, I guess, or in the work life is, is the human element, right? Like it's, yeah. it's beautiful and it's amazing to be able to support other people and, and create this community. But at the same time, it's real problems. It's real human yeah. problems. I felt at some point, someone, <laughs> I was a marriage counselor. Yeah. Kind of. You know, get these two guys fighting together, get the client <laughs> fighting with my guy. And just, I'm always, and I felt I was good at it because, you know, you'd, you'd have to work with energy, you know, when to Correct. bring this one down, this one up and so on. And yeah. it literally, really was energy. There's a lot of ego involved, a lot yeah. of, you know, politics, but you know, work with it and it works. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure you're dealing with that too. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it does, and that's why, to be honest, it resonates. So, you know, hearing about your story of when you decided to explore other, um, you know, other ways of life almost and uh, you know you going through that challenge of like running you know developing a company running a company by yourself and and a new partner um and then there was a there was a turn that happened can you tell us a little bit about that incident yeah i think you know we grew quite fast quite quick and expansion and i was kind of like the george clooney movie every two days on the plane between you know different country and setting up and operating it was okay and you know I, i just got married and I had one daughter, I have three daughters now, and, and as I'm growing and running, you know, I let all that get to me. And I think that that smack on the head, that wake up call came and it was just came in a physical mm, manifestation. You know, manifestation. So when it came, I thought it would go away or I had something small and then it just kept on growing and I couldn't sleep. I was wow. agitated. I had issues with my wife, issues with my partner and with my clients. It was just taken over me. You know, the dentist would come and I, he said, you're fine. And I'm trying to tell him to take out all my teeth. And after a bunch of MRIs, they were like, well, you have this nerve and it's a bit stuck. We have to kind of open up and, you know, release it by taking a piece of your skull out to the doctor. (laughs) And he's kind of saying, no, it's not that bad. It's like a little piece. I'm like, what do you mean a little piece of my skull? (laughs) So I sat down. This is at the American Hospital in Dubai. This is an incredible top neurosurgeon recommended by all and going through the MRIs and he's trying to explain what they're going to do and saying it's not that hard of an operation or difficult. And, And I... It probably isn't, but to me, I said that was it. That was kind of the turning point, leaving his office and talking to my wife saying, I need to go on an exploration journey. I started before I left, you know, you know, praying a lot and doing spiritual journeys, calling my mother, my brothers to pray for me in Egypt and the U.S. And, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza helped a lot in defining you how your thoughts can make you sick, mm-hmm. but how also your thoughts can make you feel better. People don't tend to look at this. They say, you know, I can, you know, you, you, your Bitcoin crashed and you get a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I am, I will heal. I am going to get better. And you can really manifest it. Injuries even. Nice. Incredible examples. So one thing led to another and all these beautiful healers that came to Dubai, I went and saw them, you know, biomagnetic healers working with magnets and chronic healers working with crystals. I, I, I did them all, but I kind of worked and added, but wasn't the cure. Yeah. And then I did silent retreats, bunch of detox programs, everything. And one key thing led me to South America. I was in Peru and I tried all the plant medicines. I don't, I mean, a bunch of them, you know, 
And that was kind of an eye-opening. And was that the first time that you kind of explored that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't turn 40 then. I was, I was 39 and I'm going through this. This is a midlife crisis. Like, why is it happening yeah, to yeah. me now? Like, yeah. I'm too young. And when I got to Peru and, you know, I researched, I, I read everything about ayahuasca and San Pedro and peyote and just all these, does this really do that? I, I don't understand. And, and experiencing these mm. ceremonies in a beautiful way with the shamans was so powerful. Opening up kind of like a lift of a veil. Mm. And the connection between the entire universe, the vibrations and the frequency, something I never could have imagined. You know, I've done quite a lot of stuff when we were young, but this is, yeah, yeah. this is something else. And that was one of the most powerful experiences I've encountered. And understanding, you know, I have type 1 diabetes that I can heal. You know, there is a cure. Oh, really? How can you do it? But yeah. this is the path to it. <laughs> understanding so many different things. To me, coming out of that and integrating the experiences was just so beautiful. And two months, after Peru, I was in Mexico in a festival and the last day I had a breathwork, something similar to what I facilitate, slightly different. And in that breathwork, what happened to me at the end was a plant medicine experience, just like I was, wow. you know, very psych psychedelic um, I had visions, I was in tears, connections, I had downloads, I, the puzzles were all connected, the dots. I couldn't believe this happened from the breath. And when that happened from the breath, I said, that's it. I want, I want to know everything about this. <clears throat> and that was the beginning of my the journey. The journey understand. of breath. That's honestly, that's super powerful and beautiful. I think it's, you know, a lot of people sometimes say, get high on your own supply. <laughs> and, you know, we hear about the states of nirvana and the states of like, you know, higher consciousness and, and everything else. But, you know, how long do you need to meditate to be able to like get to that state? And I feel like as there is plant medicine as tools, the breath is a very powerful tool that we ignore and, and we don't use as as much and it's something that we do every single day intuitively yeah but like do we how much do we learn how to do it and that's that's the power i've attended one of your sessions uh two years ago uh shamanic breath work and i can you know attest that honestly it, it was definitely an experience that i haven't had in a different context before um and the mix of music the the rhythm of breathing you guiding the, the sessions with the drums yeah. and it was you know that that entire context really brought two things for me sense of connection with the tribe that you're not doing it on your own. And I feel like there's real power in, in doing it in a collective manner. Um, and also a sense of this openness of like the, the unveiling of the veil. It, it's that, you know, we're, we're, we're too, we're too closed and focused on daily life. And when that opens up, it just reminds you that you're connected to everything around you. Yeah. People forget that there's a connection inside spirit. And you know how yeah. we talked earlier about you are the healer, which is, yeah shaman basically you are the healer and you have the ability to heal people tend to just don't understand what do you mean i, I can heal myself or i can i can i can find ways to to come out of my sadness misery anxiety you can with the breath and a lot who come and breathe tend to share that they can't stop that mind that chatter that connection that non-stop thought inside and with the breath work unlike meditation it was kind of a quick exponential yeah, quick way to 100%. get there. And then they, they get there and you push the ego aside long enough, all those thoughts, because you connect the breath and cyclical conscious breath work yeah. technique. And then you dive deep into the psyche, you dive deep into your subconscious and answers come. Mm -hmm. And as we invite the spirits and, and invoke them, you know, we connect with the spirit world, this beautiful connection, which, you know, if you told me 
10 years ago. Would you believe Spirit in that? Animals yeah. <laughs> and, and, and different realms. I'm like, okay, you know, I know there's Lord of the Rings, but is it real? <laughs> it's so real. A hundred percent. And dude, I've got like so many friends who sometimes have the same conversations with me. Like, hey, okay, you know, like some hippie stuff. I'm like, no, but like in reality, there are, you know, there, there really is like different realms that you can connect to. And the power that you we hold within us is so immense that we sometimes don't even, are not even aware of it. Yeah. Um, it's I the, the seen and the unseen world. A exactly. lot of people tend to yeah. say, show it to me. Let me, let me see, see it, it, feel it, and I'll believe it. If, if I can't see it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, there are many times that like regular people would get into dreams and those dreams could be so vivid and so real yeah. that it's like, that's a sneak peek of what the other realms could, could feel like in a way they, they do feel very, very real. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the, to the healer within. I think that's so, so powerful. The narrative in our minds, you know, we, we always have a narrative that we tell ourselves, whether you're uh, somebody that practices meditation or not, that voice in our head is always active. How important it is um, to learn how to control it and how, to, how could you integrate breath work to calm, your, to calm that voice down as well? They say the mind is kind of like a, a dog. Would you rather have this, this, this little dog that barks all the time and you're yeah. Hanging on a leash and he never listens and running. Would you like to have like a German shepherd that walks without no leash next to you, understands you without even talking, sits when you need to sit. Mm -hmm. The mind is like that needs training. Training comes with breath, with meditation, with being calm, being with yourself. The healer within, when we have issues in life and sometimes we're unaware of them, you know, they say when you're born, there's a lot of trauma. Some babies come out with the umbilical cord yeah, around their neck and they're suffocating. That's a trauma. Unless it's released or any abuse or any physical abuse or anything as a child or even as an older state, we tend to suppress these memories. We push them down, back it away, mm -hmm. and they can manifest into pain. I have a shoulder pain or a lower back pain. You didn't have a basketball injury or a car accident, but the pain is emotion stuck. Unless you work with it and move it and heal it and allow it to be released, you're always going to feel a bit drained. And with the breath, we tend to say, you can connect with that healer within. Find why is this happening to you? Or what are the benefits you are to gain from such an experience? Let's work on releasing it. The other way is maybe you can get a quick fix and yeah. let's do you know, gambling and alcohol and so on. Or you know, people see therapists, which, which is okay. But if relying on antidepressants, it's not the key solution. The key solution is to really That's work right. on the issue, try to heal it, allow it to surface, release it. And then pain subsides, goes away. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it, just going back to the different states that we have as well, I think there's many times that uh, in our day-to-day -day or in a meeting or sometimes, you know, like a situation happens when you feel a bit shifted and a bit anxious. And for me, the, the power of this one breath, just, yeah. just take one deep breath and just be quiet for a second and don't fire off too quick. And see how the, the the your energy shifts, and and then the field around you shifts as well. Yeah. And the power of initiating that change within first, and then watching it happen around you. For me, at least, I've, I've witnessed that a few times, and I thought it was super super powerful to you know because you, you could be in a state that you can just always want to fight and always want to like yeah. you know go off at at whatever is coming at you, or you could just just be quiet. And, I, and there was one um, by Sadhguru, I think there was one. Uh, talk that he goes, you don't need to answer right away. Yeah. If somebody asks you a question, you could just sit. <laughs> you know, like, well, you don't need to have an answer straight away to everything. Everything has become so quick. Yeah. But if we do one right now, just for example, a breath. 
and hopefully anybody who's listening has tried that. And they say one deep conscious breath can put you in that meditative state. So I've been invited to several corporate events and they were saying, how do we get everyone energized again? Finishing one assignment to the next, finishing one email or Zoom call to the next, you know, those meetings after meeting. I said, well, maybe you need to give them a break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but other than that, 100%. come back to the breath. You know, like you said, if you get an email and it's a sad, bad news or something powerful, you find your heart rate, you find your, your breath and you're speeding up and you're getting boiled. And then if you rush to reply, Things don't come out the right way. Just take your time. Like the example yeah. you just mentioned, just calm down. Yeah. Rushing from a meeting to a meeting. Take some time. People forget that. It's just constant. Exactly. And hundred percent. And I think, you know, it's um, super powerful to try and remind ourselves that, you know, like take, taking that one breath and it's just one breath. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's not five or 10 minutes. It's literally like a fraction of, of the time. My daughters, um, I would, go to their classes on the last day of the week a few times to explain, you know, five-year-old, eight-year-old, 11-year-old, they're all different, but in yeah. ages you teach and train them and invite them to experience breathing. Say, for example, the five breath. Mm -hmm. And they do the five breath while they're calm. So when they're agitated, a bit angry, you just try to remind them. So yeah. you train when you're calm, like anything. And then when you need it, it'll work eventually. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it, it's, it's extremely powerful. We take it for granted. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the younger generation. You, I know that you've had, you know, experience on also training, uh, you know, like kids and, and the young generation, but you also call it different names. I think balloon breathing. And yeah, <laughs> we got all these funny I mean, the kids tend not to know. Yeah. Okay. Deep and conscious and yeah, cyclical. Yeah. So we, 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 we invite all the games, you know, from all the experts around, you know, the bunny breath. Yeah. You know, or the rabbit breath and make one up the lion breath yeah, yeah. and they come up just being aware of the breath. I think what we do is we plant a seed, whatever way it is, but it just comes back to being aware in breath work in general, it comes down to two key fundamentals. It's conscious breathing and breath awareness. So you're aware of every single breath. And on, in my journey, one thing I've taken back is like, I'm always aware of the breath. Mm. You know, I get that phone call. I finish it. I'm like, oh, my, okay, what am I doing? Calm down. A message, an email traffic, somebody, anything, I'm constantly yeah. aware of the breath. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing to be aware of it and to be conscious of it because your breath controls your state and your state controls your breath. So just as you get that bad news and you maybe you hold your breath, you yeah. control the breath, then you control your state. So it's a two-way yeah. relationship between breath and uh, state. 100%. And can, let's talk a little bit about the power of, of communal practice. Um, you know, you organize a lot of retreats and a lot of kind of like practice together as a community. And I feel personally, I've experienced a lot of power when I'm at festivals, but I'm at music festivals, mm. but everybody's there for the same intention. Yeah. They share the same energy. And let's say, you know, it's a big psychedelic trance festival and everyone's just stomping in the same energy. And of course the energies are different, but you just sit there and you go, wow, this is powerful. There is a lot that you can take in. You yeah. know what I mean? In that moment. So uh, tell us a little bit about the power of communal practice when it comes to, to breath work. It's preference. So there are two different types of people. Some that really enjoy the energy and the feel of getting together in a group, feeling the power of the drum yeah. and the breath and all the energy and release of everyone. And some tend to say it's a bit too much for me. So we say you find your own ground. We host the breath work online every two weeks. Nice. Some just go online. They say, I'm comfortable in the comfort of my own phone, yeah. my own home with, with my headphones. And I'm okay with that because I get disturbed by other energies. Others saying, 
the Very energy well. of the room. Yeah. Stephen Kotler had mentioned it. He had a book called uh, Stealing Fire. And he says, when you go to these yeah, festivals, yeah. they all nod. You get 10,000 people yeah. or 50 and the same, that energy wavelength. Yeah. So I tend to uh, invite anyone who's breathing to experience them both and find what works with you. Some people maybe are a little bit more comfortable with smaller groups, bigger groups. It depends on, you know, where, when, set and setting. So, yeah. 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 But it is powerful when we do breathe together. Take it. us a little bit on, on what to expect if, you know, we were to join one of your, your uh, ceremonies or one of your uh, seminars. Yeah. The shamanic breathwork is, is a very powerful healing tool. So it's an intense physical breathing exercise. We lay down on our backs for an hour long, closing our eyes. We smudge and cleanse everyone before we begin to really release anything that doesn't need to be in the room. A beautiful sacred Morocco that we, we journey from and we surrender. We tend to invite everyone to really let go of any judgments, expectations, any thoughts or past experiences and come with an open heart and open mind. And as we breathe, we take you on a journey. We play chakra attuned music. So these music that are played are really activating the root sacral all the way to the throat, heart, you know, all the way up. And they come with water drums, um, shamanic drums, and they put you in a trance state, kind of like lucid dreaming. This state allows you just to let go of that mind, that constant, chatter upstairs, like the Rumis or the Sufis, they would just chant and twirl and yeah. dance to connect with the divine. Yeah. And the journey takes you on a beautiful, beautiful journey up, kind of to the peak. And then we come back down into a meditative state. And when we're breathing, we're breathing in a cyclical breathwork. And you're really letting go and adding some sound and some movement and finding your own rhythm and own pace as you go on a beautiful ride into the spirit world or into the realms, we say, Invite your own self inside to activate that beautiful imaginary realm. Carl Jung talks about it. It's called active imagination. Open up that imagination. Down you know, the tree, up the stairs to the heavens, find out, connect with spirit animals. Once people tend to say, I'm not really sure about that, but then you open up or, or the most skeptical sometimes or the most having the most powerful experiences because when we breathe in a continuous way like this, we really have that connection inside and then you go in a deep meditative state some have shared that it's more powerful than any meditation i've ever done that's kind true of in, a, in, a, in a nutshell that's true and and yeah i can attest to that for sure and i think you know like when when it when you add the breath in and you kind of like push all of that oxygen in some, something something changes within your body like i feel you know biologically chemistry the chemistry really changes um Let's talk a little bit about, there's so many different modalities of like, you know, box breathing and, yeah. and holding the breath and all of that. Um, when it comes to the, the activating the penal gland, you know, a lot of us try to maybe understand, okay, cool. How can, how can we be in tune with that? And how can we activate, you know, the penal gland to be able to get those visions and, 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 and realms of, uh, you know, yeah. connect with different realms. Uh, what's your experience with that and how, how would you recommend? I think I think there are so many different techniques. I believe so. And uh, I've trained on on quite a few. So holotropic breathwork and shamanic breathwork, trained with Wim Hof and so on. And one beautiful teacher explained something. All these different modalities, they all lead to the same source. Mm -hmm. That beautiful connection, the divine, and the connection with the source inside of you. Some people like Pilates, other like yoga. Some people like CrossFit, while other like you know going to the gym. Find what works with you. You know, if the shamanic breathwork is comfortable, you know, through the nose, Certain other techniques is through the breath, through the mouth, in and out. Yeah. So 
the, the most important thing is setting the intention in any breathwork technique you're going to do. Set the intention. Activating the glands, releasing DMT comes in. There are powerful techniques you can use, you know, fire breathing, pranayama, alternating the nose, or retaining the breath like them often. Suddenly, you're literally, you know, releasing, changing the chemistry of your body, obviously, but and the pH level and all yeah. what goes on inside. But it comes down to you. What do you want out of this? And then sometimes you surrender and release, and then visions come, activation comes. You know, people would try to hold their breath yeah. too much. <laughs> and you, say, you know, you, you can get there just by, by yeah. not Letting by go holding with force, holding with ease, you know, hyper-oxygenating yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that experience is, as we mentioned earlier, is very rela relatable to hallucinogenics, to psychoactives, yeah. all yeah, the plant yeah. medicines that you can get the same experiences. True. And, and you do a lot of uh, cold immersion as well, um, you know, like uh, ice baths and, and, and breath work. How, how important do you think it is to, you know, practice the breath in a, in a situation like this? So when I first, you know, had my first encounter with Wim Hof and we did the ice bath, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was more ego. I was, I was in the ego, you know, I can do this, I can do this, <laughs> not really in the breath and in the spirit and the mind. It was all ego and competition. Because you, you did it with him, right? You've done the yeah. practice with him. Okay. And, then, and then I got in there and, and I, I, I managed to survive the first two minutes I ever did. But now, living in Bali, you know, in my gym, sometimes I do it every day for a couple of weeks, you know, nice. just even for six, seven, eight minutes, you know, we get in there, my friend and I, or my or alone. And I, it just has taught me to, to be calm. If you're calm in that situation, of course, the breathwork helps being able to calm yourself in the breathwork, um, <clears throat> the breathwork prior to the ice gives you that advantage to know that it's not about the ice. It's about any situation in life Yeah, with your spouse, children, partner, with any colleague, if you're able to handle ice at three, four or five degrees, it's true. You're going to handle anything in life. 100%. So how you handle yeah. situations in life, it's yeah. similar to how you handle it in the ice. Are you going to give up quickly? Are you going to be in control? That's very true. I have, a breath, I have an ice bath in the morning, tomorrow morning. So we're going wow. to go on. <laughs> Explain. It's not about the ice or yeah. the breath work. It's the mindset. It's meditation. It's deep breathing. And then we do some stretching and then you get an ice. The ice is just one small part of that whole. 100%. I had a, uh, I mean, I've got an ice bath here in the garden and, and a friend of mine came once and we were, I was just trying to get as many people to try the ice. And I remember the first time I was not trusting my body. Mm. And when I started focusing on the breath, I just found that grounding to, to, to just focus my attention and mind on the breath. And then I was sitting there for like eight minutes and then 10 minutes and it kind of felt okay. There was one friend who smokes a lot. He's one of my best friends like growing up. He smokes a lot and he just did not trust his lungs. So as soon as he got into the ice, he panicked and then, you know, short breaths, like super rapid. I'm like, just easy, easy, focus on the breath and literally 30 seconds and he's out. But then when I saw that difference, I'm like, I, I know he can do it. Mm. If he just focuses on the breath, I know he can, you know, extend longer. So we got him up to a minute and it was just really cool to see yeah. if you shift your focus towards your breath, how much can change. And I 100% agree that, you know, just this like is, a, it's a switch. It's, 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 and it's super powerful to know your body and, and to understand how you can control your reactions to, to different it's, things. It's the same like a sweat lounge. You know, you get in there, I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. I remember my first uh, sweat lounge. I don't think I can do this. And, yeah. and then you just come back to the breath. Yeah. And then you're calm again. I'm like, okay, it's okay. It's that little switch on your mind. How much of, of, you know, when, when we take plant medicine or, or even like food that we eat, um, there's there's an intelligence there that we consume within us if you eat a lot of cupcakes you're gonna get fat you know there's all the sugar's gonna work through your body if you 
have uh, you know certain kind of mushrooms, you can have a certain kind of experiences. How much of the breath activates the intelligence within us as humans? Because you know we always say that you know we look like our parents, mm. we inherit the parents' features, but we inherit more than just that. We inherit characteristics, energies, cycles. So how much of that gets activated when people start really going through that journey and activating breath? Because I feel there's a lot that you can, con people probably, or, or past generations that you can connect to while you're on these journeys. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, we have our ancestors, our DNA and all that. And this is, this is, this is within us. Yeah. And you have the opportunity to connect with that setting the intention and when the time is right, you get the experience that you were meant to get. But getting that experience and understanding the power of the ancestors or connecting with them and getting their medicine, like a symbolic message, a gift or any guidance can come through the breath. You have some psychedelic experiences and you can get that as well. But the breath takes you to a higher connection. Yeah. This beautiful realm of, of spirits and like the dream state, it's similar to the breathwork state. People go into this state so they can connect and find answers. But sometimes when you're vibrating or when you're aligned with them, that's when mm. these spirits show up. It's not when I want to connect with them. You really have to be in that alignment to, to, yeah. to make yeah. it happen. And it's not something that you kind of chase. It just happens. Yeah. It just happens. I mean, sometimes you can really set the intention to see a loved one or, or, or a spirit. And that's your intention. And, and if it's meant to be, it'll come. If something else meant to come up because you need to work on it, that will come instead. Yeah, yeah. So it's such a beautiful um, tool. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that some of our listeners will be excited and interested yeah. enough to go on one of these journeys with you because I've been on them and, and they're very, so. very profound. So hopefully they get yeah. uh, to experience it for themselves. If people wanted to find you, where can they find you? You can come to uh, our Instagram page or Facebook page. It's called Nafas Journeys. N-A-F-A-S. Nafas means breath in Arabic. Yeah. And it comes from nafs, which is spirit. So breath and spirit, same word in many different languages. And I tend to call them journeys because the breath work is a journey. Our life is a journey. Retreats, I always say the word is like a retreating backwards. So come yeah. to journey and experience this adventure. And we call it the soul adventure. An adventure for the soul where we bridge spirituality with adventure. You know, adding the elements of sound, healing, and breath work but also with hiking and rafting and you kind of combine it all. And I believe that's something very powerful. Sure. Appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks. It's been amazing. <laughs> what a wonderful morning. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Awesome.